Okay, so I want to just summarize at least this, uh, the time we have left, which we do have enough time. I want to just summarize what we did until now. We're really um, in the main uh, printing of the, of the Hebrew, B'nai Machshav Tova, on page 28. That's where he starts discussing the third meal. Page 28 in the Hebrew text. And the whole book is about, <clears throat> is 59 pages. So it's really almost half the book that we covered already. <clears throat> and, um, you know, when you learn anything really, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say anything. When you learn texts written by holy people, there's always the idea of seeing the whole forest and there's the idea of looking at the trees. So when I learn, when I teach, I try to also look at trees a lot. So which is looking at the trees is what took us so long to do this, but I want to try to just now summarize the forest and then so we could get up to where we're up to, right? So... He began by saying that the point of B'nai Machshavat Tova, which means to have a community, translated as conscious community or mindful community, a community dedicated to training Machshava, to training thinking, to train thought. Right? That's what B'nai Machshavat Tova, to be able to train thought. And he says that the purpose of our community is to serve God in a way that we're completely immersed out of love and yearning, and not even just by prayer, but all day. Right? That's, if you remember, that was the, the front page. What's the purpose of the group? To be able to serve God out of love, out of yearning, not even just by davening, but all day, to be completely connected to God. And the Piazesna's thesis is, how do we do that? With machshava. Machshava. Learning how to use thought as a vessel <coughs> is how to become connected to God. And that's, by the way, in all... I mean, that's ready from the Rambam, it's from the Aristotle, I mean, everyone, because it's really the only way we have a way of connecting ourselves is through the mind, yeah? So, of course, there are different ways of using the mind, but the point is that this chevra that the Pizasa was trying to found was to have a group dedicated to have people that together discussed, learned how, and discussed using the mind as a vessel. Um... Yeah, I think I think I mentioned back then. I'll just say it again now because it's 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 uh, it's important to remember, especially what we're going through these days. When sometimes you know thoughts, it, one of the worst prisons a person could ever be in is their own thoughts. Right? That's that's a horrible, horrible. If that is a, well, you know, so David Foster Wallace said in a famous speech of his, he says, David Foster Wallace, he was a famous American novelist and essayist little out of his mind because he was a big genius, but he, anyway, he said that the mind is a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. Which is why he said, people that kill themselves shoot themselves in the head. Because when the mind becomes your master, that's the worst, right? So, and, and in all traditions, they did be able to use the mind, right? And again, we're now, lots of thoughts going through our minds these days. And the Aveda now is, is, is not to try to, we can't um, repress those thoughts, but to try to detach from them. And the Aveda thought of Machshava Tova is to be able to use the Machshava to curb, curb it in and train it and cultivate it. That's, the, that's, that's what the, the Matar thing. And then he said in the beginning in pages 8 to page 10, he said the rules of the Chevra. He said, what are the rules of those that want to become part of it? And he said, number one, no politics. Number two, no machlekes, no fighting. Right? We're not, when this isn't a, a group that's going to be involved in politics at any level. We're not going to fight with other groups. 
right? If you remember, he said, when there's a fire, and people have different ways to put out the fire. You put it out this way, they try to put it out that way. You know, so because as I said, other people have other ways of serving God. So you don't have to negate them. So that's, that's important that, that not to fight with anyone else, etc. And then the Piazetzner said very clearly that this group, to be part of our group, you have to be authentic. That was Gimel on page 9. He said, you have to be authentic. Meaning, what does it mean, authentic? You have to be willing to really be real. Otherwise, don't come into our group, because if you do, he gave a really interesting example. He said, you're almost like a peeping Tom. Because, because people that if are part of the group and get naked together, that, that's the words he used. When you get naked together, what does he mean get naked? He says, he says um, expose, expose yourself, become vulnerable in front of other people. Nakedness of the soul, right? When this, he says when the soul goes to wash itself, it has to take its clothing. So if you're willing to also be like that, be part of the group and be part of that mystery, you can. But if you're not, don't come. If you're not authentic enough, don't come and watch us, you know, bathe ourselves. And then he went on and he said on page 10, a couple of other uh, rules that a person has to be in such pain from their... The, their distance from God to the extent that, that, you, that one cries once in a while, meaning it really has to bother you that, that you're not close enough to Hashem. <clears throat> right? there, there are those that are... Actually, somebody said this past Shabbos, a friend of mine, Rabbi Donath, he's a rabbi in... Um, I think Fairlawn? He has a shul. Anyway, he said there's something called, he calls checked out Jews. Checked out Jews, you know what it means to be checked out? Checked out is like a slang that like you're there, but like your mind is already someplace else. Like you do it, but like this isn't, you know, like, like uh, you know, when you, I can tell you from experience, like you join Weight Watchers and you're all psyched. Mm-hmm. But then like by the third or fourth week, you didn't lose any weight. You're like checked out. Even when you're at the meeting, you're already checked out. So he says there's checked out Jews that even though they're from, but like they're not there. Like it's like they're keeping Yiddishkeit and Torah mitzvahs is just, you know, I'm checked out. I'm doing it, but that's not where my mind and heart really is. So the Pizetsa says you can't be like that. To be part of this group, to be able to overcome mind, to be able to, to, to train and cultivate thought, one has to be able to really be sad that one is far from Hashem. <clears throat> because one, one has to have that motivation to want to, to rule thought. You know, it's interesting. Like in the Havdil in Buddhism, so obviously one of the ideas in, in, in all Eastern traditions to come to redemption, to come to freedom is also to be able to transcend thought, to come to a place deeper than thought, to be able to come to a place to know that you are not your thoughts. But they don't use the, the mind. For sure they do. So that's what I was going to say. They, they, of course, they use the mind as well. They use meditation. They, they, they cult, but that's what I wanted to say. They also speak about cultivating the mind through meditation. And we spoke about, if you remember, when we first began learning this, I'm not going to get into it today, but we're going to get into it probably next week or the week after, there are different types of meditation. There's Buddhist meditation, there's Chabad meditation, Piazetsu meditation, they're all different. But the point of it all is to be able to train the mind, to use the mind, to train the mind. And like the Piazetsu says a little later on, later on, like any muscle, you have to get good at it. Right? Any, any, uh, any, um, uh, uh, umanut, uh, uh, umanut, huh? Art. Any, uh, any, yeah, but skill. Any, any skill, any skill that you want to acquire, you have to practice, right? It's like you, can, that you can't get strong unless you, ha- unless you use weights, right? 
So it's actually, by the way, just remembered a beautiful uh, anecdote that, some, um, that one time somebody went into Lubavitcher and Yechidus and said that, you know, they don't understand why they should be religious. They don't, you know, they've read about it, but they don't really get it. Like, what's the point? So the Rebbe said to this person, uh, what do you do? What's your hobby? So he said, um, I play piano. So the Rebbe said, how many books did you read to learn how to play piano? You can't, some things you can't learn unless you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't learn how to swim by reading a book. You know what I'm saying? So, so same thing with machshav. So then he began telling us that the idea about that really, he began the, 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 on page 11, that really all of our failings, and we know this, all of our failings in Avedis Hashem, all of our failings and fallings in our serving Hashem is because we don't, think strong enough about God. Our mind is not strong enough. That's what it says in Hazinu. You have forgotten the God that brought you into the world. Forgetting about God. Shikha is the opposite of machshava, right? Forgetting is that I don't use my machshava about God. Because if our thoughts were strong enough about God, then we would have no problem. And the Pizasna brings right away a proof and I'll tell you, in case anyone says, the Piazzetta says, maybe you'll think I'm not on a high enough level to be able to, to, to train my thought, that I, that to make my thought change who I am. The Piazzetta says, of course you are. Look on Yom Kippur. What happens on Yom Kippur? By Ni'ila, by, 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 uh, by Kol Nidre. At Ni'ila Kol Nidre, you don't have to like work on like, you know, what you have to work on by, during the week when you're davening. Right? Like during the week when you're davening, like you have, I really want to be watching this, I'd rather be doing this, you know, I have them distracted by this and distracted by that. Comes Ne'ilah, comes, comes Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, Tkir, Shofar, you're completely there. Right? You're completely there. What's the difference? The answer is because your machshava is completely focused. Your folk, and anytime your machshava is completely there, and that's by the way what we're up to, he's going to talk about Shal Shudas as an example. Because Shal Shudas could be something which is real. Shal Shudas is the highest point of Shabbos. Shal Shudas is the Ni'il of Shabbos. Right? Shal Shudas is the Ni'il of Shabbos. But, and and it's, also, it's, it's also a fascinating thing in Judaism. Like we always do a thing like we work ourselves up to the, the ultimate and then like it's all over. Right? Like, like you have Elul, Roshon, Yom Kippur, Ni'il, then over the weekday. Right? Shabbos, you get Shal Shudas, weekday. Right? It's also how the moment of conception works also. There's, there's a build-up, and then... Psh. So, anyway, so, so, because... So, Lamaisa, so you see that by Yom Kippur, by Rosh Hashanah, when the mind is completely there, we're completely there. So when your mind is... We all have the ability to focus the mind, right? It's just Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we, we do it like out of, you know, it's, it's because of the ambiance, because of the, you know, the time, etc. But the point is, if you learn how to do that... Then, how do I see the time here? Oh, if you learn how to do that, then, um, what time is it? I don't know what time it is. It's 9.38. So I don't know where this watch is working. Yeah, it's good if I could, uh, so how do you it's tap, just, it's tap it? Don't tap it. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> Tov. No, no, he just gave me this. So, so he says, so that's the, that's the, the Nakuda that he's saying is so we want to learn how to be able to, just like Ne'ilah, just like in Roshanim Kippur, my mind is focused. How do I focus my mind? How do I train my thoughts on God to focus my mind? That's the point of the group. And that's, that's, that's what we need to work on. And then he says, so then he says, um, and, and we see 
that this idea of training the mind really has a counter, uh, the training the mind connects to another aspect, and that is arousing our emotions about God. Now on page 12 and 13, he speaks about the idea that really the emotions and thoughts go together. So when we speak about wanting to train our thoughts for God, we're also, trying, we're also talking about arousing our emotions for God. Because emotions and thoughts go together. You ever notice that? Emotions and thoughts are sticky. They're like, they're very sticky. They, they, go, they go together. Wherever you're feeling, wherever you're emotional about, your thoughts go there. Even if you don't want them to sometimes. Right? When you're feeling emotions, even you want to think about something else, your thoughts keep going there. You know, the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe once said that, that the thoughts that, thoughts are the, um, the mirror of the heart. Like, the thoughts that come up when you're not trying to think about anything shows you where your heart really is. Right? Which is what therapy is. That's what psychology is, to try to, you know, connect your thoughts to see the... the. But the idea is because when you're emotionally connected to something, your thoughts are there. So, and, and they stick to... It can to, be also the opposite. And it could be, exactly. And it could be the opposite, that if one trains your one's thoughts, thoughts one arouses the emotion. It can, can cause you depression and stuff. And positive thoughts could, right, thoughts could cause, also cause emotions. So they really go together, right? So it's really a question of understanding that to being mindful of how do I make my thoughts touch me in a way that will arouse my emotions and how do I make my emotions in a way that I could train my thought. Like how do I, they really go together. Right? And that's where the Piazzetsu says that, he says, you see that even on Yom Kippur, a little, a little as soon as Ne'ilah comes, a little hisiris, a little emotion, a little connection, your thoughts are right away there. Right? Your thoughts are right there. And, and Piazzetsu says it could be an emotion, a positive emotion or a negative emotion. Right? Negative emotion means not, not like uh, not being sad. Sadness is not good. This Pizetsu says sadness doesn't bring emotions. Depression doesn't bring emotions. I'm sorry, not sad. Depression doesn't bring emotions. Sadness is an emotion. Right? So Pizetsu says, I'm not talking about depression, but I'm talking about sadness also brings thoughts. So let's say sadness about how far one is from Hashem. Right? That kind of sadness. Being brokenhearted about that or being brokenhearted about you know, things that, that are meaningful. That also brings thoughts. So they're very interconnected. So the, so the Pizetsu says, we want to be able to learn how can I, with my mind, direct my mind to arouse my heart in such a way that instead of my mind constantly focused on uh, bread, potatoes, and business, that's the words he uses here on page 13, that instead of um, my mind being uh, completely focused on bread, potatoes, and business, rather my mind will be filled with eslavos, with, with, with emotions, with excitement, and be focused on Hashem. And then he went on to talk about um, that really everyone is able to do that. That some people might say, how could I do it? Who, who, who says I could do it? The Pizetsa says, no, you have to know that you're banana vim, that you come from Klal Yisrael, that you're banana vim, your children are prophets. By the way, that idea that we're banana vim, you, ever, you know where that word comes, those words come from? It's a Gemara. It's not even, it's a Gemara, that, bene, that we're banana vim, banana vim. And uh, it's actually, it's, it was fascinating, it's a halachic, it's a Gemara. The Gemara talks about in Psachim that there came a time that, that, that Pesach was on Shabbos, and somehow, you know, the rabbis that were talking about it forgot 
Wait, one second. If the, if the Pesach and Shabbos, how do you bring the knife? You have to shech the Korban Pesach and Shabbos, but you can't carry a knife on Shabbos. Right. So what do you do? So, so the rabbi says that they, they looked at some Jews, what they were doing, and how they were carrying the knife, putting it on the animal, whatever. And so you see, because Yisrael, if they're not Nevi'im, they're B'nai Nevi'im. Even Jews that are not prophets, their children are prophets. So Pizetzin says, we all have that soul. It's just a question of learning how to use that muscle, of learning how to use that muscle of machshava. And then he said, <clears throat> he went on to say um, that you might think that, that, but how is this going to change me? How is this going to be real? On page 15 he says, maybe I'm just going to fool myself. Who says that my thoughts are going to do anything? Who says that they're, 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 that, that they're that important? You know? And so the Piazzatza gives a marshal, he gives an analogy. Some of his analogies are very, uh, um, um, uh, um, very good. He's very, very exact. He says the analogy of a person that has a dream, a poor person that could barely afford to feed his family. Right, you have a person who's really, really poor. He mamish has to like funder, he has to like shnar to be able to feed his kids. And all of a sudden he has a dream that he became king. And all the armies and everything were all under him and all the officers. And he woke up and he got scared. He said, he got completely fearful. He said, if I become a king, if I'm barely able to feed my family, if I'm a king, how will I feed all the armies? But what is he If you're a king, you don't have to worry about the money, right? So to think about, oh, how am I going to be able to fix my thoughts? How am I going to be able to direct my thoughts? It's like a person that doesn't realize that, that, that doesn't know what it means to be a king. You don't know what it means to be able to use the machshava. If we learned how to use it, we would be completely different people, right? So, oh. Um, then he went on to talk about the idea that, that um, uh, that some people complain about the fact that they're not able to have a machshava, they're not able to think about God because God doesn't have a form, right? God doesn't have a form. What am I, am I supposed to think about, right? Okay, you're telling me that I should train my machshava. And he says here on page 16 and 17, he talks about the fact that, you know, we're so used to, we're not used to this type of machshava. Right, we're not we're not used to what this machshava thinking about God. So, you know, talk about tell somebody thinking about God. What does that even mean thinking about God? What does it mean that my trained machshava to think about God? And the sad thing is that many people, if you tell them, spend not an hour, spend a minute, sixty seconds on a time watch thinking about God, many people will say to you, "What am I supposed to think about?" He doesn't have a form. And so, you know, the question is, okay, you know, my mind is not used to thinking about not thinking about potatoes and, 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 and my business. We're so used to the Pizzazza says our mind is so used to, you know, thinking about physical, concrete things, we forget to be abstract. So how do I train my mind if, if God is abstract? How could I think about God? So on page 19, he gave the big Chiddush. He gave a very big uh, uh, novel um, uh, advice that if you, if you need to use this technique, he starts giving these different techniques. He says, if you're really having trouble davening, you want to daven to Hashem, but you're really not able to focus your mind, you're on a, a certain level where you need to have some kind of form. And you can't, but God doesn't have a form. So he quoted, the Pizetsu said, I'll, I'll tell you how we could learn the Ravid. Pizetsu had a very novel way of understanding the Ravid. The Rambam, the idea that we, we are never allowed to think... The Ravad. 
The Rambam, you know the Ravid, the Ravid on the Rambam, Mishnah Torah, the main Bar Plukta, the one that always argues with the Rambam was the, is the Ravid. Mm. If you ever look in a Rambam, it's always printed as Hasagot HaRavid. Oh, the Ravid is famous for always arguing in the Rambam. So the Rambam is the one that says it's the 13 principles of, of our faith, that God has no form. So the Rambam says anyone that believes that God has a form or thinks of God, you know, that has a form is a min, is a heretic and has no portion in the world to come. Says the Ravid very famously, people that were greater than the Rambam took the verses in the Torah literally and said that God had a form. Because of course all the verses, the Psukim, the anthropomorphisms, seem to say God had a form, has a form. The eyes of God, the hands of God, right? Moshe knew face to face. No, face to face. There's a million, you know. So, so the Ravid says, people that were even greater than the Rambam believe that God had a form. So you can't say it's an apicarus, which is obviously a very radical thing. We obviously paskin like the Rambam, right? But it, it's a very radical thing. It's kind of like tongue-in-cheek where they, they meant, like the people who thought that were figuratively thinking that, they didn't actually think he had a form when they wrote those words. So, so, that's, so, that's, that's, so that's what the Piazzesta talks about. No, what, what we definitely hold like the Rambam. What's, what scholars have been writing about for hundreds of years is what did the Ravitaka mean right. when he says that there were those who believe God had a form. I mean, they believe that he was a man in the sky, right? And by the way, uh, F, uh, Rabbi Unterman, when we were learning this, if you remember, he said that he heard from one of his Rabbeim, I don't remember that, that the Ravid means Rashi. He wants to learn a certain Rashi that seems to sound like Rashi believed that God had a so, whatever. But it's a question, what, what, you know, what does that mean to believe God as a form? So the way that Piazetzna learns it, which is not the simple way of understanding the Ravid, but Piazetzna says what the Ravid means to say is if you need to use visualization of God techniques and it'll be easier for you to picture something that you could do. That's what the Ravid is saying you could do. If you want, if it'll be easier to strengthen your thought and, 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 and that, and that in, will include for you that you have to somehow look at, look at God as like this father or this, you know, this figure that you hug and whatever. And you have to like, sort of like, almost like, a, like in, a, in a hazy sort of way, sort of use that visualization of God in a form that will make it easier to relate to God. If you need to do that, that's what the Ravid is saying that you could do. Right? So that's, that's the first technique that the Piazetsner said. And then he went on to say, uh, on pages 20 and 21... So, so he, yeah. he supports getting an image of an old uh, king? Or... If you need to. He doesn't support it. He allows it. It's different. He says, if you need to. Right? Um... Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so then he, then he went on to say that a big problem that we have with Machshav is like we said before, that because emotions and machshava and thoughts are very connected, right? And so he said the problem is that we're not really in charge of what emotions we have. Thought is one thing. That sort of, sort of is in our power to control. 
But what, my, what emotion I have, I can't, I can't really control that unless I learn to control my machshav. Right? So that, that, let me say that again. If I know how to control my machshava well enough, I can um, uh, uh, manipulate my emotions. Manipulate in a good way. I know how to control my emotions if I can control my thought, right? By the way, I don't need to tell you in all disciplines, you know, mind over matter, that your thoughts are what, your mind is what's supposed to overcome emotions, right? So, Pizetsu says that that's ultimately the way to do it. But if a person is not used to that yet, so Pizetsu says, some people are not able to do that. So what you should do is chap arayin. This is where it starts getting to techniques. When you do feel emotions, direct it channel to God. When you feel emotions for any other reason, something happens in your life that makes you very, very happy. In your personal life, gashmiyastika thing. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel something, you know, you see something beautiful, you experience something that bring you love, bring you these emotions, bring it to God. Now use those emotions, even if it's not, so to speak, the time to daven, but you're having an emotion. Or, the, the opposite, you're walking down the street or something happens, you feel fear. You feel fear, you feel, feel you know, whatever negative emotion. Bring it up to God. Direct it towards Hashem. Know that there's nothing to fear other than Hashem. Hashem is, is running everything. Right? So he says the Pizetz, know that, that that you know that that Misa, if you're feeling if you're feeling some feeling whatever it is, use it as a way to get to Hashem. And he says Adrab, he, he even goes so far as to say that sometimes you should actually think about things that'll arouse your emotion in order to 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 to, to, to control your thought. For instance, think about something that'll make you sad. Think about something that'll make you sad. So think Exactly. Very good. You're right. He think about your funeral. He gives this whole long thing about picturing your own funeral, and he gets very graphic where you, you hear your kids crying and screaming, and then they bury you, and then they all go home to eat. If you remember, <laughs> they and they leave you there in the cemetery, yeah, right? There. So in that, that so that's an idea of an example of, of arousing a feeling of 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 sad of, of of sadness that you and then bring it to Hashem that Hashem is still going to be with you, etc. So, so to speak, like train yourself to use emotions, even from things of this world, and then elevate them to Hashem. And I, 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 when, I, when we learn... How could sadness be elevated to Hashem? How could? Sadness. What do you mean? Like we learned before, sadness is a real sadness, not atzvus, but mirirus. Right? In Tanya, in chapter 26, he differentiates, and, and Piazza really says it also. He quotes the Alter Rebbe, the Tanya. The, different, the difference, it's very important to know, there's a difference between sadness and bitterness. Mm. Bitterness from one's distance from Hashem is broken hardness is the, the foundation of being a Jew. Kotzker said there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. We're supposed to feel broken that I don't feel God. I'm supposed to feel bitter and cry how far we are from Hashem. Right? If you remember, I, I, I spoke about it a few times, the Zohar says you have to have simcha on one side of the heart and crying on the other side of the heart. And there it's talking about Hashem, the Pshat in the Zohar. You know, I, I related it to what we're going through now, but Pshat in the Zohar is that, am, tell me, am I supposed to be completely, am I supposed to rejoice and be happy about the fact that I'm always close to God? Or am I supposed to be sad and cry about how far am I from God? Am I close to God or far from God? And the, and the answer is both. Mitzad God, 
This is what Chassidus explained. Mitzad, the truth of God, you're always close to Hashem, which is why Chassidus says you have to always be besimcha. Meditating on that brings simcha. But mitzad me, my experience, my conscious self, I feel I'm far from God. I feel far from God. I don't feel closeness to God the way I would want to. That brings crying, right? So that's, that's bitterness. That's not the same as sadness. Sadness is depression. It's not the same as bitterness. I always say the best example for that is the difference between somebody who's far from their beloved or their beloved dies. When one's beloved dies, it's depression. When one's far from one's beloved, how does Juliet say? Parting is such sweet sorrow. What's the, what does it mean, parting is such sweet sorrow? That, the, 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 that when lovers miss each other, it's a sadness that has beauty to it. It's a sadness that's sweet. It's a sadness that's coming from love. So the sadness of being far from Hashem, the mirror is that bitterness, that's, that's part of the redemption. It's part of the, that way to get close to Hashem. So anyway, so he goes, so, so Lamaisa, but he says, so when I'm able to harness those emotions, and if I can't harness, if I can't harness the emotions of Hashem, use things of this world. I remember when I was, and the Pizetzer gives a mushal. When I was a, a teenager, this mamish saved me. The mushal of Pizetzer says, I remember when Rabbi Weinberger, when he taught this when I was 15, 16, a mamish changed my life. The mushal that, that the Pizetzer says, if you remember, a father who's a lawyer. <clears throat> His son was put in jail, and he hasn't seen for months, he wasn't allowed, no, no family visits, he hasn't seen his son for months and months and months. And my said that this father is a lawyer. So they let the father go to the jail cell to see his son to discuss the case. And the possessor says, so imagine the father goes down, sits with the son, and he opens up right away his loose leaf and his notebook, and he starts discussing the case. You're an idiot. What, what's the first thing you should, what the father should do? Hug your son. What's the difference why, how you got in there? How you got to see your son? Why you're seeing your son? Lamaisa, you're seeing your son. Hug him. <clears throat> so the possessor says, what's the difference? What caused your soul to reveal itself? To reveal that your soul... Piazzesser says, every time you feel emotions, a real emotional feeling, that is the soul sticking out a limb. That is the soul sticking out itself, revealing itself. So hug it. Who cares what caused it? And so, really, this is the Hasidic concept that if, if like, going out on a Saturday night is going to make you feel simcha, and then you could direct that to Hashem, then going out on a Saturday night is holy. Because essentially, the idea the Hasidists is saying, if you need to do things to arouse your emotions to, to, and then be able to channel them to Hashem, so that's what you should do. And think about things that will arouse your emotions. If you need to think about your, the face of your child or your spouse or, or some, some, think about something that's going to make you feel love and then direct it to Hashem. So those are the techniques that the Piazzetsu was talking about on these pages. Um, um, and then the Piazzetsu said another thing which is very important, another technique that it's important to know also that that because the fact that that um, t- that we don't we don't um, we don't always have those em- emotional bursts at the time of davening, right? And and if I'm not yet at the point where I could cause those emotions, that I'm not able to make that feeling of feeling love of Hashem when I daven, but I only have these emotional f- feelings throughout the day. Other times. So when you do have one, go to the side and say a parak of Tehillim. 
again, for whatever reason, you got into a feeling of joy, you got into a feeling of sadness, you got, in, you got into emotional feeling of glory, whatever it is. Even if it's not davening, use it to connect to Hashem. Oh. Um, yeah, and, so, and the Piazessa says, and, and, and if, if, if it's, yeah, and that was the funeral, if, if necessary to think about something sad, okay, that was page 22, 23. Um, oh, and then he said on page 25, and this is really what we're, the, this idea of page 25 to 20, 28 is, is the last thing which we really did. Page 25, then he goes on to say like this, that Lemaisa, don't forget, after everything I just said until now, what we just spoke about, these techniques, etc. He said this whole bunch of techniques that we just reviewed. And then the Piazetta said, but remember that that's not the point of B'nai Machshava Tova. That's not the point of our group. That's not the ultimate goal of our group. The ultimate goal of our group is not to have to use physical imagery to think of God. It's not to have to think about, you know, my children's face to feel love of God. Or to think about something like a funeral to think of, to, to feel fear of God. Pizasa says, the words of Pizasa says, right? Will you call this person an Isha Ruach? Isha Ruach is like Geist, right? A person of spirit, a person of, of, of uh, will you call a person of spirit somebody that has to think about a funeral to, 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 to think about Hashem or think, has to think about yummy food to feel close to Hashem? That's not what we're aiming for. What are we aiming for? So the Piazetsin says we're aiming for to come to machshava that I could train my thought, machshava blitziur, that I should have thought that's naki, a clear thought that's not thinking about forms and yet is seeing God in everything. That I'm able to, and not only, and if you remember, then Piazetsin says that my machshava is going to be so strong that not only will my five senses not control my machshava. Because you know, besides emotion, what's another thing that causes our thoughts to run wild? It's the five senses, sensual experience, right? And that usually becomes the challenge that our five senses say the opposite of Hashem. So Pizenza says we're going to have a, such a pure thought, a clean thought. The purpose of this group is to learn how to use a thought in a clean way, that the thought should be so strong that not only won't it become overcome by the senses, it'll subjugate the senses. That the opposite, my thought's going to be so clear that when I use my senses, I'll be experiencing God. I'll be feeling and thinking of God so much and seeing Hashem and everything that when I taste and when I smell and when I touch, I'm experiencing God. They're included within my machshava and not the other way around. Clear? Mm-hmm. And that's what he was spoken about, that, that, that it should have machshava that your, your machshava will be subjugate the senses, penetrate the senses, and be revealed through the senses. That anything you experience are going to be Hashem. You're going to see Kedushas Hashem Yisbarach Prusel Kol Seeing Hashem in all the world, through and my, whatever my senses, whatever I see, it's all going to be Hashem because of the fact that my machshava has become so strong. And then... And, and, and he said, and again, then he began saying, you have to know, then in Oisudaf on page 27, he says, so now, now that we're learning, we understood that the point of our chevra, the point of this group, ultimately, is to be able to 
cultivate that machshav in such a way that it'll not only overcome my senses, but see God and experience God through the senses, and having machshav in such a strong way, What's important, the Pizetzin says, now you have to know, and this is what he says on page 27, and this is what brings him to Shal Shudas. Okay, this is what we're up to. In Ois Yud Aleph, page 27, the Pizetzin says, you have to know how to be mindful of emotions that do come up. As the Pizetzin begins saying that, Lemaisa, you have to know that there are many times that our soul does have emotions about Hashem, but we don't know how to listen to it. We don't know how to listen to it. And Piazessa says, sometimes you'll feel all of a sudden, you'll feel some kind of um, discomfort inside, some kind of hole inside. So Piazessa says, and what do you, what do, you do? So, any, so I, I don't know, should I sleep a little? Should I eat? Or maybe I'll drink a little, a little alcohol, a little vodka. And Piazessa says, I'll have a drink of alcohol. I'm feeling like not so good. I'm feeling ichy inside. So I'll have some alcohol, you know, calm myself that way. And the Pizetsa says, that's a miscarriage of the soul. The Pizetsa calls. It's a miscarriage of the soul. The miscarriage of the soul, because really, it's your soul trying to strive to Hashem. That's what you're feeling. That inimut, that discomfort, that, 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 that feeling is really your soul wants to come to Hashem. And you, instead of listening to it, we don't know how to be mindful of it. You, so, numb, you numb it. You numb it. Mm. And Akhil gives a great mushal. He says, like a mushal, when they used to burn the kids to Molech. You remember Avedazar of Molech? Mm-hmm. They would give their kids to Komre HaMolech, the, the kom, Komarima, the priests of the Molech, to burn their children. So Pizetsu said that the, the Komre HaMolech shehiku betupim leman lo yishma'av hamayaz beno mitchanen. So they used to play drums really loud so the father shouldn't hear his son screaming and begging for his life. So they would play drums very loud. So Pizetsu says, that's what we do. The soul is screaming. The soul is having an emotion. But we're so not used to it, you know, that we, we, you know, we drown it out with something else. You know, that, that, and, and the truth is, it, it's important. In, in shul, on Shabbos morning, we're so used to like, you know, we have a davening, and then like sometimes we, 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 we right away want to like forget about the davening. Like I go to the kiddush and like just enter a completely different zone. And sometimes that could be um, not, that could be uh, the opposite of being effective. Uh, that could be... Um, ineffective. Not just ineffective, but... Detrimental. Detrimental. Because with Piazetz is saying, you have to learn how to cultivate emotions. It's not going to be, you know, people say, oh, how come I don't feel God? They're like waiting for some like weird, like experience, like, you know, that they should be overcome with rainbows and angels and stuff and hear angels playing trumpets. It doesn't work like that. It has to be called, and that means being learning how to be mindful of emotions that I have. Nefta Pizetsu says, know how to look, know how to be mindful, know how to pay attention. And therefore, he goes on to give the example for instance, shalashudas. You could sit at a whole shalashudas, but if you don't know how to train your emotion, how to be able to uh, uh, be aware of what's happening, how to chop it, because you feel something at shalashudas, but it might, be, it might be faint. And if we don't learn how to be mindful of it and, and, and uh, develop it, then it's like the, the priests beating the drums that I shouldn't hear the kids screaming, I don't hear my soul screaming. And that's what we're up to. 
It's Hashem. We shall continue. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's getting there. Yeah, he's getting there. But Mitzvah uh, I hope to go a lot quicker than we've been going because uh, I, I want to try to get through this over the next couple of, at least two or three months the most. So, tough. But you should know, Jordan, he is going to tell us, she's going to give an example of Shal Shudas what to think about. But that's, it's, it's very different. I hope you'll notice how different it is from like the things that we speak about Shabbos morning when we usually learn Chassidus Chabad. Because Chabad gives you things to think about, ideas about God. Mm-hmm. Because that's what gives you like, more like circumstances, visualizations. You'll see, like, okay. like more of like a like the really funeral. In the weeds. He goes, huh? He gets in the weeds. He get, yeah. He talks more about like visualization techniques, imaginative techniques, sort of. Top. All right. All right.